Well, today is November 23rd. You're listening to Born on This Day podcast. And Bill, I need a coffee. I bet you do, Marco. It's a great day to have one because today is National Espresso Day. Amazing. We're all going to be up all night. You got it. Well, listen, what's the difference between espresso and just plain coffee, Bill? Probably how my migraine reacts. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, it's actually the forcing pressurized water through finely ground coffee beans, producing a concentrated brew with its, with its signature delicate foam. Mm-hmm. This foam, of course, is called crema, and uh, it contains concentrated sugars and oils from the, the coffee beans themselves, adding a light sweetness that helps balance out the bitterness. So today, Bill, grab an espresso mm-hmm. and enjoy it and taste the difference yourself. And remember, if it tastes good, you're not doing it right. It's not supposed That's to. N- it's not supposed to be smooth or nice. It's supposed to feel like you're drinking jet fuel. Oh, I disagree with that. I love espresso. I, I love it too, but I don't think of it as like a soothing, sweet flavor. I feel well, like it, it, it should be strong, especially if I wanted to combat my headache. Wait. So, what espresso beans are you using? You think I've ever made my own espresso, Marco? Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Because I think, even though some might argue that that it's the quality of the roast when it comes to espresso mm-hmm. that really express the flavor. So you can get some espresso coffee that has a nutty, chocolatey sort of flavor to it, okay. and that's the one I love. So my recommendation to you, Bill, is to have Illy Coffee or Lavazza, or come to my house once COVID is over, and I'll make you a beautiful espresso. I think it's worth the risk, Marco. I'm coming over now. Okay. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of flavored coffees, but I do also know that there is a major difference between going to like an, a, a proper Italian uh, restaurant or caf- coffee bar versus doing the Mick Cafe, you know? Right, of course. No, but when I'm talking about chocolate and, and nuts, I'm not talking about flavor. I'm talking about those those flavors coming through the bean itself. Okay. I mean, yeah. listen, you're an expert at this. I will trust you and I will try whatever okay. you want me to try. But Very well. Good. Well, listen, if you were born today on November 23rd, you have a strong moral conscience, though, you know, these people defy the status quo, Bill. They seek diversity through everyday experiences. They can see and expose their own faults and the hypocrisy of others. And they have a talent for uncovering truth and are able to size up people and situations with ease. Amazing. Well, let's see if that's true of our birthday celebrants today, Marco. The first might be the most handsome on the list. That's Odette Fair, who made a stellar debut as Ardeth Bay in the 1999 action hit The Mummy with Brendan Fraser, leading to his appearing in Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo, Resident Evil Apocalypse, the show's UC Undercover, Charmed, and Sleeper Cell. Recently, he was on The First, 24 Legacy, and an episode of Younger. He was born on this day in Tel Aviv, Israel, in 1970. The favorite on on the list for me today, (laughs) Miley Cyrus. She's the daughter of famed country music superstar Billy Ray Cyrus and has forged her own very successful career in music, singing a span of styles from pop to country to hip-hop. She became a teen idol with her lead role on the series Hannah Montana from 2006 to 2011, then had success with her number one albums, Meet Miley Cyrus, Breakout and Bangers, with a Z at the end. Uh, Her top singles include See You Again, The Climb, We Can't Stop, and of course, Wrecking Ball, whose performance uh, are part of the reason why some of her appearance have led to controversy. She was born on this day in Franklin, Tennessee in 1992. Where's Franklin? Do you know? 
Uh, yeah, it's a it's a very wealthy neighborhood of Nashville. So a lot oh, of the okay. a lot of the big music stars mm-hmm. they live in Franklin. So right. it's close to Nashville, but they've got big big spreads out in Franklin. Well, Nashville yeah, I, is like Nashville's just a tiny tiny city center, and then a million suburbs that are a million miles away, right? So that's right. Yeah, sense. exactly. Yeah, and I had my my in laws lived in Murfreesboro. Oh, so okay, yeah. I, I have because when I went to Nashville and all I saw was one street and then two um two arenas and i was like is this it (laughs) yeah yeah well that's the downtown yeah yeah yeah. and then and then it's like you know other parts of nashville are just where people work kind of thing right right? but yeah where the tourists go is that street with all the all the bars and saloons Mm -hmm. so but i do like miley cyrus like i i love that she's like she does her own thing she doesn't give a shit let people criticize her and i'm kind of like i kind of love that about her that spunkiness yeah i do too i i um i have nothing bad to say about her i actually don't really like her voice but that's just a personal preference thing okay uh, i think she's fine i i welcome her to her success William Henry Pratt became an actor and changed his name to the more ornate sounding Boris Karloff, conquering the London stage before coming to America and becoming a major star after the release of The Mummy in 1932. He quickly found himself typecast in horror roles, including The Old Dark House, The Black Cat, The Raven, and The Walking Dead. He made over 200 films in his fantastic career, still beloved by fans of the genre today who rushed to see screenings of the films he continued to make in the horror genre until the end of his life, including Die, Monster, Die, House of Evil, Fear Chamber, and Peter Bogdanovich's thriller Targets, in which he delivers a 10-minute monologue in one take, despite having at that point only one lung and the crew gave him a standing ovation when he was done. He was born on this day in London, England in 1887, and he died in 1969 at the age of 81. And he's no Bella Lugosi, is all oh. I'll say. <laughs> oh, so sad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I love your imitation of Bella Lugosi. No, I love your imitation of Martin Landau yeah. doing Bella Lugosi. Boris Karloff doesn't deserve to smell my shit. It's so good. It's so it good. It still makes me laugh. Yeah. Bill, I laughed when I edited it. When it was Bill Lugosi's, <laughs> I laughed when I edited it. And I'm laughing now. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, okay. Michael Goh was, is that how you say his name? I'm going to assume think it's, it's like Van Gogh. Goff, actually, but I okay. could be wrong. Yeah. Well, this Michael character mm-hmm. was another venerated British theatrical actor who also found fame in Hollywood films. Best known as Alfred the Butler in the first two Tim Burton Batman films. He won a Tony Award for his performance in Breaking the Code in 1979 and appeared in almost 200 films and shows, including Women, Woman in Love, Trog, Out of Africa, The Dresser, and his last appearance as the voice of a dodo bird in Burton's Alice in Wonderland. He was born on this day in Kuala Lumpur. I guess when he was born there, it was called British Malay, mm-hmm. and it's now known as Malaysia in 1916 and he died in 2011 at the age of 94 mm-hmm. jesus yeah vincent cassel became a sensation in france after the release of the film la haine in 1995 leading to his roles in elizabeth the messenger the controversial irreversible co-starring his then wife monica bellucci and Ocean's 12. This year, he appeared on Westworld. He has won a César Award and is the son of famed French actor Jean-Pierre Cassel. He was born on this day in Paris in 1966. Is he any good, Bill? He's fantastic. Okay. Yeah, he's a real rascal. He he has the face of a rascal, so he plays bad guys or shady guys a lot. But he's really very, very charismatic. Sexy rascal or nasty rascal face? I've seen him do both. (laughs) 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's no Monica Bellucci, but. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. Well, listen, we celebrated his wife two days ago, but today is Maxwell Caulfield's birthday. He appeared in Nicholas Roeg's accident when he was eight years old, but his true entrance to show business was being chosen to play the lead in Grease 2 opposite Michelle Pfeiffer in 1982. He went on to star in The Boys Next Door, a season of Dynasty, and three seasons of The Colbys, but never on Falcon Crest. (laughs) He was in the films Empire Records and The Man Who Knew Too Little and Voices on the late 90s animated Spider-Man series. On stage, he appeared uh, in Around the World, The Elephant Man, Sleuth, Sweet Bird of Youth, and La Casual Falls, Chicago, and Guys and Dolls. Wow, he's been in a lot. Mm -hmm. He was born on this day in London in 1959. And Bill, his wife, in case people don't remember who she is from two days ago. Uh, Juliet Mills. Yes. Yeah, Haley Mills' sister. Mm Mm-hmm. Franco Nero began acting in Italian films in the 60s, appearing in Pietrangeli's I Knew Her Well and spaghetti westerns like Django and John Huston's The Bible. On the film Camelot, he met and had a relationship with Vanessa Redgrave that led to them appearing in Elio Petri's A Quiet Place in the Country together. That relationship ended, but they reunited decades later and married in 2006. Nero also appeared in Tristana, The Naked Prey, Carell, and Sweet Country, Die Hard 2, and in a tribute to his own film, made an appearance in Tarantino's Django Unchained. He was born on this day in San Prospero Parmense, Italy, in 1941. He sounds like a scoundrel himself, He was though. also very handsome. Those eyes, okay. my God. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, Chris Hardwick began as a stand-up comedian and actor, making appearances on Married with Children and 30-something, and the films House of a Thousand Corpses and Rob and Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. He became a household name for hosting Talking Dead, the after show to The Walking Dead, that became a sub-industry of commentary shows. I hate that. I hate those shows, Bill. I've never watched a single one. Ugh, fuck off. (laughs) Anyways, while his nerdist industries, through his nerdist industries, he created a podcast industry that includes his own podcast, The Nerdist, which was renamed ID10T Podcast after he left the network in 2019. On stage, he played Stacy Jacks in Rock of Ages in Los Angeles from 2013 to 2017, hosted the nightly comedy game show At Midnight, on Comedy Central, and he's won two Emmy Awards and was born on this day in Louisville, Kentucky in 1971. His father was a professional bowler. Oh. Mm-hmm. Wow. Ellen Drew worked at an ice cream parlor where she invented her version of the hot fudge sundae that is still being served today. A Cinderella is made with peach, strawberries, pineapple, roasted almonds, lemon sherbet, vanilla ice cream, and whipped cream. I would totally eat that. Yeah, and then we get to ship you a new pair of teeth when you're done. I know. It just sounds so good. It sounds good for the first three bites, and then I'm done. Um, anyway. Okay. I don't like over-over-sweet things, so I can only handle so much. Uh, while working at this ice cream parlor, she was spotted by actor William Demarest, who was instrumental in getting her put under contract at Paramount Studios when she was 21. She starred in the films The Big Broadcast of 1937, If I Were King, Christmas in July, 
Isle of the Dead, with fellow birthday celebrant Boris Karloff, and Outlaw's Son, retiring after her last television appearance in 1961. She was born on this day in Kansas City, Missouri in 1914, and died in 2003 at the age of 89. Robert Town is a writer, director, and producer most famous for writing the 1974 film Chinatown, for which he won an Oscar for Best Screenplay. He also wrote Shampoo, Heaven Can Wait, The Firm, and wrote and directed the films Personal Best, Tequila Sunrise, Without Limits, and Ask the Dust. He was born on this day in Los Angeles in 1934. James Toback is another writer and director who was Oscar-nominated for writing Bugsy and directed The Pickup Artist, Black and White, with Marla Maples, Harvard Man, and When Will I Be Loved. Pickup Artist was also the title used to describe him when the Los Angeles Times reported in 2017 that 38 women have accused Toback of sexual harassment or assault during being wow. interviewed or in casting sessions at hotel rooms or in movie trailers, among them... Rachel McAdams, Selma Blair, and Julianne Moore. He was born on this day in New York City in 1944. Wow. Yeah. I bet he has a face like a sewer grate because it's, it's uh, yeah, just seems yeah. like it. I, I can't say that I found him irresistible in photographs, okay. but maybe I didn't see him in better days. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, like many other little people who pursued acting, David Rappaport had to settle for being typecast in bizarre, sometimes demeaning roles, but he always rose to the challenge, appearing in Paul v Vaderhoven's Turkish Delight, the Terry Gilliam fantasy Time Bandits, which I tried to watch and I found extremely boring, <laughs> uh, the shows The Madness Museum and The Wizard, and episodes of L.A. Law. He suffered from depression in his personal life, and during the shooting of an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, he committed suicide by gunshot. Wow. He was born on this day in London in 1951 and died in 1990 at the age of 38. Oh, so sad, Bill. Yeah. You always add extra letters to Paul Verhoeven's name. Listen. Vaderhoven. Yeah, that's how you, <laughs> you say it. You turn him into it, Rose Nyland's neighbor. <laughs> if you want to say his name in the proper Dutch form, oh, Bill, is that's that what it is? Oh, I wish I knew that. Interesting. Okay. What, what is it? Ver, Ver, Verhoeven. Ver, Verhoeven. Yeah. Okay, I'll try to remember that. Joe Esterhaus wrote Flashdance and Jagged Edge in the 80s, then scored a major hit with Basic Instinct in 1992, which he followed with the Ira Levin adaptation Sliver and the notorious Showgirls. Famous for his sexy thrillers, he also wrote the legal drama Music Box with Jessica Lange and the sweet coming-of-age tale Telling Lies in America, starring the late Brad Renfro, which is a film I highly recommend. Oh, okay. He was born on this day in Chakandoroslo, Hungary in 1944. It's actually pronounced Venderhoven, Hungary. <laughs> oh. He's so was... funny, this man. He's so funny, this Marco. I cannot How stop laughing. <laughs> How was Music Box? It's okay. It's um, okay. worth it because Jessica Lang is very good in it. I, I don't remember okay. it being anything more than um, a pretty standard like courtroom drama thriller. Oh, okay. um, but again, it's been a very long time since I've seen it. I mean, let's face it. Jessica Lange is great in everything. Yeah. If she was in Showgirls, it would be a totally different film. Without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. Rodrigo Pietro is a cinematographer who found prominence with the films he shot for Alejandro G. Iñárritu, mm -hmm. including Amores Peros and 21 Grams, as well as Julie Tamor's Frida, uh, which was shot in Mexico. Coming to Hollywood, where he shot Lust Caution, Babel, and Beautiful. 
Argo and received an Oscar nomination for filming Brokeback Mountain. Also, he filmed Silence and The Irishman. He was born on this day in Mexico City in 1965. Wow, he's done so much, Bill. Mm-hmm, yeah. The expression Get Bruce refers to the very funny Bruce Valanche, the writer who has been providing material for awards shows for decades and who brings his unmistakable hairstyle to personal appearances in films and TV shows as well. He has won two Emmy Awards for his work on the Oscars telecasts, which he's been working on since the 90s, while also contributing to the Tonys and Emmys for even longer. His early gigs included writing material for Bette Midler's early bathhouse shows before working on her concerts, as well as writing for Donnie and Marie and the Brady Bunch Variety Hour in the mid-70s. His fame rose after his appearing on Hollywood Squares in the late 90s, and as an actor, he has appeared in You Don't Mess With the Zohan, episodes of The Nanny and Santa Barbara, and played Edna on Broadway in the musical Hairspray. He was born on this day in New York City in 1948. I didn't realize that the expression get Bruce meant, meant him. Get, mm-hmm. get yeah, because he's Lange. a joke oh. writer. If oh. the dialogue is sagging, you got to get Bruce. Nice. Mm-hmm. Harpo Marx was one of the famed Marx brothers, famously wearing the curly wig while performing his hilarious gags that rarely involved dialogue. In the Brothers of Vaudeville Act is where he began, and later films he often played the horn and the harp, which he taught himself to play, and then, when he realized that he was playing the harp incorrectly, took lessons from music teachers to increase his skill. He co-starred in the group's biggest hits, including Animal Crackers, Monkey Business, Horse Feathers, Duck Soup, and A Night at the Opera. He made his last appearance as himself on an episode of Mr. Smith Goes to Washington in 1962, two years before his death at the age of 75. He was born on this day in New York City in 1888. Susan Anspach was a popular actress in the 70s who made her Broadway debut in the musical Hair and studied at the Actors Studio. She co-starred with Jack Nicholson in the film Five Easy Pieces and later said he was the father of her son, though he has never discussed this publicly. She also starred in Play It Again Sam, Bloom in Love, Montenegro, and was supposed to play Barbara Jean in Robert Altman's Nashville, but the producers couldn't meet her salary demands. Instead, the role was given to Ronnie Blakely, who was nominated for an Oscar for her performance. Anspach devoted herself to activism in her personal life, marching with United Farm Workers head Cesar Chavez and protesting apartheid in South Africa, advocating for human rights in Central America. She made her last film in 2010 and died of heart failure in 2018 at the age of 75. She was born on this day in Queens in 1942. And we end our list today, Bill, with Snooki. <laughs> She's a reality television personality. She's best known for being a cast member of the MTV reality show Jersey Shore and starred in Snooki and Wow and the Jersey Shore Family Vacation. Since appearing on Jersey Shore in 2009, Snooki has gained popularity, leading to numerous talk show appearances, web and television series participation and hosting, and a large social media following. She was born in Santiago, Chile on this day in 1987. Wow, she's definitely the most admirable on the list. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like her. Like, look, she does her own thing, and I think she's grown into her uh, maturity. And, and I, you know, it's funny because back in the 70s, these kind of people would appear on like Fantasy Island and the Love Boat, sure, and you yeah. kind of you'd love them for it, right? Yeah. But today you kind of look at them like these cheesy stars and people who kind of don't merit their fame. But I think she really, I don't know, there's something likable about her. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've never watched a single episode of that show. My my experience of reality television is very low, so mm-hmm. yeah. 
I, I haven't either. I've only seen her on talk shows and shit she does now, but uh, I wish her well. Me too. And I wish you, Bill, a great espresso, which I'm just going to go make for myself. Yeah, and then maybe uh, share some. Thanks, Marco. Anytime. All right. All right, we'll see you tomorrow, Bill. Okay.